since Spaces is powered by the Ministry of Retro Gaming. Warning, strong language is used in this video. Since Spaces. G'day invaders and welcome to Since Spaces and this is episode two of the Since Spaces show and we have got three guests, uh, two from overseas and I've got, as you can see, one here in the studio, but I'll start with, we've got Retro Joe, how you doing matey? How's it going mate? And we've also got Sorex Space once again, how you doing? Hi Brian, thanks for having me back on. And uh, I'm joined here in the studio by Seb, who... Hey, going, guys. This is his first podcast, so be easy on him, guys. Yeah, go gentle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start with Retro Joe. Uh, we have intro questions that we put on for our guests. First console and first game that you played on it. Uh, the first console I had, if you can call it a console, was a uh, Acorn Electron. Acorn? Did you say Acorn? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's It's basically back in the 80s, we had the, the BBC, I think they called it BBC Micro, and it was like a school computer, but they made it like a home edition. And the first game I remember playing on it, I think it was called Buffalo Bill, and you're basically just shooting a bunch of cowboys. It's basically <laughs> the first Red Dead Redemption 80s style. <laughs> So, okay. Um, you still got it? Uh, it's in the loft, but it doesn't actually work. Mm. But I have still got it. My first game that I bought was uh, on the SC3000, Pekka or Pacer. Um, but that's a, yeah, another story altogether. Um, what's your favourite game of all time? Um, my favourite game of all time is Doom. Um, it's just I just love it. Like, a lot of people say video games make you violent, but that game actually chills me out. If I wanted to punch someone <laughs> in the face, I would play that game and it would just chill me straight out. And I've even got books and that I read. So, Doom, Doom for me. The novel, a game that is about blowing people to um, giblets or smithereens, mm -hmm. and they've got novels on that. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll have to look into that later. I can't imagine what they'll be writing about. <laughs> what are you currently playing? Uh, Red Dead Redemption uh, 2. Oh, okay. How, I, I, fell, I, fell, I fell into it. How many, how many chapters into that are you now? I'm only on chapter 2. I'm, I'm hunting. I just like hunting things, like killing things. There's a story? <laughs> no not really no, okay. uh, and Sorex I know we've already asked you these questions and I'm not going to get you to go through what was it 20 um, of your favourite games of all time <laughs> yeah Joe by the way you don't have to just name one you know Brian really loves it when you name more so do your top 50 just go ahead <laughs> the editing was um, awesome on that one um, no don't don't uh, <laughs> I have to do my genre and top 10 and console, it's hard to pick. Best uh, thing when Brian so. asked me what my favourite game was, I just had to give a top 10, and he's never forgiven me for it since because he had to edit it. Which is so hard to make one. Sorry, Brian. Uh, well, we've already got your uh, first console and your uh, favourite game or games in your case of all time. Um, and but, you um, <laughs> I was going to ask you, what are you currently playing at the moment? 
Uh, there's this game that's just come out. It's called Forklift Simulator. I don't know if you heard of it. <laughs> is there nothing? No, it's called... Is there anything that is not simulated now? <laughs> oh, you, oh no! I was joking. It's Shenmue. <laughs> Shemu, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm still playing Shemu. I think I mentioned it last time. I was, on one of the other podcasts, I was still playing Shemu. You know what? I actually, but yeah, was... I actually thought for a moment that you were being serious that there was a forklift simulator <laughs> game, but now that you mention it, okay, Shemu won. So you... I, I, I have to look it up. Maybe there is a forklift simulator, but it wouldn't be pretty much Shemu. From my experience at the moment, you know, I thought you'd be using a forklift one day, and then it's like three or four days in a row. You have to do a shift at a forklift place. And I have to wait for the bus. It's like another day at work. Because like, when I come home from work, I want to relax and play a game. I don't want to be whacked for a bus and then have to get you know on time to work and work a full. But those forklift yeah, uh, those forklift sections in that game are actually quite um, I don't know relaxing. They're chillax. You're just concentrating on moving yeah. the crate from um, to warehouse 18 or whatever it was or eight. Um, yeah, that that, that was a really satisfying part of the game. I don't know why it was this mundane and boring, but I, I got to move this. I got to shift these crates. Get out of the way! That damn cat's in the way. Get out of the way! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know why it was such a big part of the game. I wouldn't mind mind if it was just like one section of the game, but it, it seems to recur. This it didn't need to repeat. Like it, it could have been like um, accessible by like the the forklift races. So if you could have spoke to someone and then just done a race whenever you felt like it, that would have been good. Because like it forces you to do it every day. But it's still an enjoyable game. I'm I'm enjoying it. What can I say? Yu Suzuki was obsessed with forklifts. He was just wanting that in there. He had a uh, intimate experience with with a forklift, and it had to be in and the final it. release. <laughs> Um, and Seb, uh, first console of all time. Uh, mine was the Amiga. I remember playing it. My dad used to pull it out when I was younger. I think I was maybe about four. And um, we used to play. Ex- I used to play Xevious on it like all the time. It was the nice only shooter. game I could play. Nice shooter. Yeah, only game I could play. <laughs> um, I think it was one of the first games that featured where you could actually shoot the ground. Um, yeah, it has like a little crosshair yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Um, and favorite game of all time? Uh, for me, Kingdom Hearts, hands down. That's my favorite game of all time. I'll, I'll let you. <laughs> he's been eyeing this off. Um, I told him I'm gonna. I told him I'm gonna steal it. <laughs> it's mine. It's coming home. But yeah, no, definitely would have to be uh, Kingdom Hearts. Um, and what are you currently playing at the moment? You're not playing Monster Hunter, which you should be. Yeah, like, no, I'm not playing that. I bought that game specifically, <laughs> specifically because you told me to, and it's just sat back there. We will play it, I promise. We oh. will play it. Um, but at the moment, I'm playing uh, Diablo 3 on the Switch. I picked that up the other day. Okay. So um, not very another, far. another time sink. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm not too far into it. I'm literally only at like the first few missions, so. What, what's one game that you've got at the moment where it's just so uh, daunting a task that you know you want to do it, but it's just like Red, out, Red, Red Dead, Dead Redemption. Redemption. I'm only at the <laughs> end of the first chapter, I think, because I just keep running off doing all the side stuff. So I think I'm at like the first or second chapter. Uh, okay. And I go to play it and I'm just like, man, I don't have time for this right now. <laughs> it's, it is very slow to, to and, and it kind of pushes you away because of that, I think. Um, but I've got a guy at my work, he's... Um, keeps telling me nah you gotta get into it it gets really good it gets really good I'm like okay I'll believe you I'm only up to chapter 2 I'm sure it does but yeah Yeah, can we just speed this along a bit yeah Um, Alright, so um, I'm going to just switch over we we have made a little bit of a change here to the uh, show Um, 
So previously I would ask three questions and we would discuss that. But uh, in episode one, I had uh, video questions that were put forward to me in the Twitter sphere. And that was my favorite part of episode one. So we are going to do that again. So um, I'm going to play these questions up and uh, get you guys to respond. So we're going to start off with the very first one. And this is from uh, Game in Telford. Shout out to Steve. Uh, let's watch this. Yeah, yeah, that one. Oh, hello. Hello there, Spaces. How's it going, mate? You alright? Steve here from Game Telford. Um, what I want to know is, my first console slash computer was the 48K Spectrum. Still the best of all time. But what were your guests' first console slash computer? They don't say 48K Spectrum. They're wrong anyway. <laughs> Ta-ra! Yeah, well, basically, yeah, I did answer it because that's what I mentioned before. It was be called Home Computers, the Acorn Electron. But I'll answer it in a different way because that wasn't the first game I actually played on the home computer, so I'll answer that one. Um, I played The first game I ever played on the home computer was My Next Door Neighbours, and that was on the Commodore 64. And it was actually Postman Pat. And <laughs> Honestly, though, if you watch it, the bare bones of it is just basically GTA 1, but you can't run over people. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Why has <laughs> that is just waiting to be uh, satired. Someone's got to do that. <laughs> I don't think it's a GTA Mobile. I don't think we've done one yet. Postman Pat, I'd love to see that. Yeah, it yeah. goes postal literally. Like <laughs> they had the Farm and Sam version as well, which was more or less the same game, but they changed the sprites to um, a fire engine. So. <laughs> I know Sorex did a, a Bob the Builder um, let's play or look at Bob the Builder. That a review that, was very good. Yeah, I was going to say that looked tedious. Um, <laughs> um, but what about you, Sorex? Uh, maybe a little more detail about maybe not your first, but your second console, maybe. My second, well, my first console, just to quickly answer, that was the Mega Drive, which was I answered uh, in a previous podcast, my first one, the Mega Drive, uh, which I got from my, my cousin, uh, just inherited it from him. My second console was actually the PlayStation 1, I think, so I pretty much jumped from Mega Drive to PS1. And uh, the reason I jumped from the PS1, believe it or not, was I went around my friend's house, and he had a PlayStation 1, and can you guess what game was playing at the time that made me want to buy a PlayStation 1? I'm trying to think of something really obscure. Um, uh, not Destruction Derby. Die Hard no. Trilogy. Which no. one? Sorry. Die Hard. Die Hard Trilogy, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. You got three games in one there. I've, I've got it. That's pretty good. No, it was, to be honest, it was Bubsy 3D. Oh, <laughs> no! no. And that is one of the worst games I've ever played. Oh. No, no, it's and unbelievable. And sold you on the concept of buying a PlayStation. Yeah, because, right, you've got to picture it, right? I was used to a Mega Drive, and I saw the graphics, and obviously, you know, like, graphics like Sonic, they're brilliant, really colourful and stuff. When I walked into someone's room, because this is, like, before we had the internet and stuff, and they had the PlayStation 1 sitting there, and I saw these 3D graphics on the screen, and this open world, I was like, wow, this is, this is fantastic, you know, 3D, wow. 
And uh, I didn't see much of the game. I guess if I saw more than 10 minutes, I wouldn't have wanted a PlayStation. So, um, Babsy 3D, for those of you who don't know, is notoriously worse. It's just really just cool. Um, really good. But, but <laughs> the guys that developed that later went on to do something really epic and cool. And I can't think of it off the top of my head. I will put a graphic up later about what it was. But yeah, they surprised everyone and came out with a absolute corker of a game later on down the track. So you never know which company will let you down one minute and surprise you in the next. Um, what about you? Your well, we already discussed your first was the Amiga, but what was the first console you owned yourself? Uh, mine would be the PS One as well. That was okay, like, makes so me we, feel we jumped. Yeah. We jumped straight from the Amiga, skipped everything else, went straight to a PS One, and I believe the first game I ever played on that was um, a game called Skull Monkeys. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that, but it's like a claymation sort of platformer game. It's awesome. It's very obscure. Okay. Nobody's ever really heard of it, but it's, it's a cool game. I, I kind of remember that. Skull Monkeys. Skull Monkeys yeah. um, you can't find it anywhere. You tried looking for it. It's, it's that's, impossible. That's probably going to be one that goes for a bit on, on eBay, I'd say. Because oh, it's, it's just so hard to it's find. It's expensive, yeah. Okay. But it's a, it's a great game. I think I do remember someone talking about that on on YouTube one day. I'll, I'll have to look into it a little more. Um, for me, uh, I my first uh, console was the Sega SC3000 computer, um, but the next one after that was uh, Mega Drive. Yeah, so I had, uh, in my video, the last video I put out, I showed off my PAL edition of the Mega Drive, but that wasn't my actual first uh, Mega Drive. I had mine imported from Japan before the official release. And um, I, I really regret not having that box and that, that console still because I think that the Japanese release just looked cooler than the, the PAL one. I still remember when I saw the Mega Drive logo that they were going to go with in, in PAL regions. I was disappointed that we weren't going to go with the red-green logo that the Japanese were getting. Um, but, it was, I, but I remember seeing the very first... TV commercial for the Mega Drive in Australia and it was like, okay, maybe this will work. <laughs> it was a really cool commercial. Um, Alright, well that's the first question out of the way. We're going to go into the second one and this is from Savage Gaming Show. Hey, it's Savage here from the Savage Gaming Show. Now, last time you had an amazing question from the top loader, which was who has the best hat? And it got me thinking. And with Brian showcasing his amazing Sonic the Hedgehog mask, I started thinking about masks too. So, my question for you is, who is your favourite video game character that wears a mask? First of all, I've got a question for Savage Gamer. I've watched a couple of his videos. They're really good, but I've just got a question for you. Does your voice hurt after recording your videos? Because... <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine how how long he would do that for before he has to get uh, reach for a strepsil or yeah or water. Because um, even yeah. reading my scripts, like my voice hurts, but doing that voice that must hurt straight away. <laughs> I don't know, he does it. The good stuff. <laughs> uh, the only uh, characters that I can think of that wear masks are like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Is it a mask? Uh, it's, it's a mask, isn't it? Because he takes it off and then it's just oh, yeah. like a skull. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah. There isn't many, is there? I mean, no, there's I, Crash... I'm, I'm really um, Splatterhouse. I've got a good one. You guys go first and I'll, I'll come up with mine in a second. My favourite Splatterhouse. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. That's a, um, 
I, I don't know, I found a Splatterhouse series a bit too slow. I would have loved the faster paced version of that game, but it, it's a cool character. Jason from Friday the 13th, that's all you think of when you see those games. Did you see the, <laughs> you um, the new one? Did you see the NES version of that game? It was like a deformed um, version, <laughs> uh, super deformed, yeah, SD version. Uh, no? Okay. Um, you got one, Seb? I, I don't know, but does, uh, does Crash Bandicoot count? <laughs> I mean, he sort of wears a mask. No, he doesn't. He does when so. you get the three boxes he puts the mask on. That's the only character that I can think of from my memory. That was the first thing. That was the very first thing that came to my mind. was a Crash Bandicoot, the Accu Accu, I think it's called. Yeah, that yeah. was the first thing. Right. Right. This is the only game I can right. here's, here's something that will shock a lot of people. I've never actually played Crash what? Bandicoot. Didn't interest wow. me. Wow. The character <laughs> just looks mental. I just didn't didn't interest me one bit it was just like well, don't worry you can get a playstation classic oh no sorry <laughs> or a mini 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 <laughs> it's on that um i my suggestion for best character with a mask uh kid chameleon uh on the mega drive that's um probably the Pretty only good. one that i can think and it's an integral part of the gameplay mechanic is that you wear a different mask and you become a, a different character with different abilities so yeah that's probably my best one that i can come up with um but no nah, thanks for the cool question there um savage hope the voice gets better um <laughs> so i'm gonna do the next question hi i'm yao Te ching maxim mentori of the bit war veterans and we have a question for you with the increase an improvement of cell phone and tablet technology. Will there be any place in the future for handhold consoles anymore? Like the 3DS or the PS Vita? I think there are room for both, but it's certainly uh, dwindled down the uh, the handheld gaming market, I'd say. Um, I guess you have to just look at the differences between the two. I mean, me personally, I can't really get into mobile games. I mean, I like buttons and all smartphones, they don't have buttons. And I downloaded the Sonic the Hedgehog thing because I think it was free on smartphones. So I tried it. Cannot do the touchscreen thing at all. I have to have buttons. So that's one thing handheld consoles always have over over uh, you know, mobile though, gaming. That is a generational thing. Um, I've got a, a mm. kid up here, neighbor. He he grabbed the phone and he was playing this platform game, and he's blitzing it. And I'm try and I said uh, he gave me a it was a section he couldn't get past though, and he said, "Can you do it?" I can't use touchscreen controls I'd, I'll fling that <laughs> if you if you give me a game of touchscreen controls I won't I won't go near it but he was all over it and I think it's yeah I think it is a generational thing that kids are getting used to controlling the game with with touchscreen I just don't see how you can do it there was there was a controller for the Mega Drive uh, released in the 90s that had a touchpad instead of a d-pad and it was just that's the, the earliest example I can think of of touch screen style controller and it was just terrible because it couldn't detect um, left right properly it would always go diagonal down diagonal up it, it just wasn't accurate enough what do you, what's your experience been with touch screen controls anyone you I'm not a huge fan of them to be perfectly honest like every time I've ever tried to uh, to play a game with them I just can't seem to get it right exactly what you're saying the controls just don't feel uh, Responsive, I guess. Not precise the enough, no. Yeah, so I mean, having the actual controller in my hand with the buttons, it's just yeah. I mean, I've even tried playing games like Fortnite and PUBG on the iOS, and it's just it's not the no. same. It's, it's not the same. 
if there was some sort of standard uh, add-on for a phone, but the problem with that is that there's no standard size phone. So you can get maybe uh, an adjustable left and right thing that snaps into place, like Switch, um, that, is an, mm -hmm. that is actually a physical button control layout. But the problem with that is that with Android, there's no one company except Google that own Android. Maybe it's up to Google to come out with a standard controller for mobile phones. Maybe that's what we need for mobile phones to become more widely accepted amongst uh, traditional gamers or retro gamers. Uh, Joe, you got a uh, thought on this? Yeah, um, I've got one of them Hyperkin um, Game Boys where you actually slip your phone into it and you play it like an actual Game Boy and you put a cartridge in the back of it. It's pretty cool. It's um, If you've got an Android phone, it's worth getting because you don't have to, you know, like, put batteries in it or whatever. So you would but, you'd definitely rate that as something you should, if anyone's into retro gaming and they're wanting to use their phone to do that, that's something mm -hmm. worth getting? I would say so. I think it's an untapped market. Um, I think, especially as they play the old games on, I think that's where they should be going with it. But like you were saying about the responsive, I remember playing a GTA um GTA 3, I think it was. Um, was it Liberty City Stories? Yeah. And you've got like the analog things in the corners, and it just hurts your thumbs. It just <laughs> you just can't grasp grasp it. Um, I, I, I've got another aspect to this as well. I don't want to be using my mobile phone for gaming because I want my phone to be the phone. I, I don't, I don't want to waste the battery on it playing a game and then you will get uh, stuck into. It might be a really cool game, but when you finish playing it, you got thirty percent left on your battery and and you still got uh, eight hours of your day to go. So I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of. Um, using the phone except to it's funny most people have a phone they don't actually make calls these days they just uh, use it for facebook or or twitter <laughs> but yeah no it, it, i'm not a fan of mobile gaming it will take something revolutionary for me to change my mind on that personally i think we might be there with uh, i think apple um showed a new tech demo off their new ipad that's coming out in the future and i think it actually runs better than an xbox x it runs really really well and i think that is going to be the future for handheld it might not be the joysticks that we want but i think with regards to graphics and stuff like that i think they're going to be touching up on that in the future. Yeah, but that'd be like having a Ferrari that you can't drive because the steering's crap. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not really sold on it unless unless Apple can, again, it comes up to, it comes down to having either uh, Apple or Google come out with a standard controller mm -hmm. that everyone can get on board and say that these are the buttons that the developers can use in their game. Cause you Just know, like the Switch. That's yeah, what you yeah, want, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. There was a company, Huawei, Huawei, Huawei. They came out with um, they came out with a mobile phone that kind of was in the direction that I was talking about. But the problem with their one is that they only offer a joystick on the left, but there was it was like half a switch. They didn't come up yeah. with buttons on the right. It was like you were so close, guys. You almost had what I was after, but you're not quite there. 
Um, it's like they've tried it before. Like if you remember the the N-Gage, remember the phone, the N-Gage? Oh my God, the side talking. horrendous. The clam talking. Did you remember that? <laughs> oh yeah, it's terrible. Like it's, I don't you know. actually had to hold the phone like that to your head to talk. That was just... <laughs> That's the thing, I think with the touchscreen controls, I think it is, as you say, a generational thing. <clears throat> Whereas I see, you know, like my little cousins, they can easily play touchscreen controls. And as I say, I tried to play Sonic and I just couldn't without buttons. But I think there's more aspects of mobile games which I don't like, like the fact that most of them seem to always need to be connected online. And I don't like that. I like to be able to switch off the internet. I like to be able to play a handheld console just in my bedroom just without the internet on. And some say, oh, you know, it's handy just to have the one device in your pocket and you can go on the train or whatever. My train is in a tunnel. So I cannot <laughs> play this online game. <laughs> there's no there's no Wi-Fi in these uh, in these tunnels yet. I know they're working on it, I think, in London at the moment to get internet uh, in the tunnels. But at the moment, we don't have it. So I can't actually play any of these games at the moment. And I just hate that, that aspect of having to be online in these mobile games. And then obviously that brings in the microtransactions and all that sort of thing, which I hate. We're getting, moving on to another topic, which is online gaming. I'm not... But it's a big part of mobile games. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's their main funding, because not a lot of them are freemium games. So. Yeah. Uh, and I think when it also uh, another side topic is uh, online gaming uh, Fallout 76 we can see what's happening with that at the moment that they threw all their eggs into one basket being that it, there are no NPCs at all that every character is a human except they forgot the fact that humans are buttheads when they come online they don't care about the other players yeah and these maps are massive how in, hell did, yeah, how in hell did they ever think that that was going to work I mean I watched Angry Joe's video game review on it and he's playing it while some kid is in the background getting told to tidy up his room. You can hear the mum in the background and then you can hear some other guy yelling and, and there's another guy snoring in the background. I'm like, this is not what I came on board for. I don't want to hear these other people. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of online gaming. It, it has its... There are, there are times when it works. Um, but forcing you into the online gaming, uh, it should be an option. It should be a choice. Um, all right, yeah. we're going to go into the next question. Uh, try and get these questions, get through quicker. Sorry, I've got too many mouses here. <laughs> uh, so this next one's from Top Loader. Okay, so I was reading an article the other day about the N64 Mini that might be coming up. So I was actually reading the comment section and I was actually quite surprised to hear that Half of the people were divided on the controller. Now, for me personally, the N64 has not aged that well. And the hero of the N64 that makes it so unique and actually playable today is the controller. Ironic or what? Because people now thinking that the controller is what brings the system down. Can you believe that? I couldn't believe it. When I was reading, I could not believe it. So here I am asking the question, do you believe that? What do you think? Me personally, obviously, I love the N64 controller. Me personally, I can only play Mario 64 with this controller. I don't like using the conventional controllers for playing N64 Mario. <gasps> okay, I said that backwards, my apologies, but you know what? I'm talking really fast, okay? So the N64 controller for me is the hero of the system. What do you guys actually think? Do you think it's the hero of the system? Or do you think it brings the N64 down? But you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because you know what? We all know the real reasons why we're here. The fucking Nest Sapper owns them all, bitches! Okay, you're still here, sorry. Okay, I'm out. I don't know, Nintendo are quite good at controllers usually, but that one is just, that's horrendous to me. I don't know, did Top Loader say he liked it? He liked it. 
He says that he, said, he said that it's the hero of the system. I think it's one of the worst aspects of the system. I, I cannot stand that. I've got the I've got a controller and it's one of the worst controllers I've ever held. It just I don't know who held that Nintendo thought this is great. I don't know how it got past even the testing stage. I really don't <laughs> like the controllers. Joe, what about you? Um I like we were saying earlier before we were recording, when you're holding it, you sometimes forget the other half of the pad's even there. Yeah, Especially yeah. when you're playing Mario Kart, because it works well with Mario Kart, because you've got the, the button at the back what you press to shoot. But the D-pad is just nothing that's... It doesn't even work on Mario Kart, I don't even think. Yeah, and that's another thing. They've got that Z. They've got the Z button. The Sorry, Z. The Z. <laughs> um, they got that in the middle. Uh, of the back. I think, I think that's why it worked well with this. Uh, I think it was it called Star Fox or uh, Lilac Wars. You know, any flying games, it was great because of the. It was like a joystick in a in a way, and you had your shooting button on the back. But other than that, uh, it's all right. <laughs> and uh, it gets me onto the uh, GameCube controller. Then you know, like the GameCube controller, it's brilliant to hold in your hands. But I don't know what the hell them buttons are about. The layout. Like they've got the layout wrong. Why they had to come forward with this controller? It's a. I wouldn't. I won't call it a broken controller. It's an unnecessary <laughs> controller. It's just Nintendo again being flamboyant mm -hmm. for for the sake of being flamboyant. There, there was no need for this it's controller flexy. to be like and, this. Um, and every controller I had, the joystick as well, went really wobbly, and I hated that. Absolutely hated it. <laughs> But um, I've never really been big into the Nintendo 64 anyway, so I'm probably the worst or the last person you should ask. But I only picked this up because, you know, come on, look at it. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got only a handful of games. I'm, I've got uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, and I'm yet to get Mario 64. I want to get that for the system, but it's not a system that I have really, you know, emotional ties to at all. Just, it's just got Pikachu. I came here for Pikachu, that was it. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks Top Loader for that one. Um, he'll also be featuring on episode three. He's got another question coming up for that one as well. Um, we're gonna move on to uh, Pixels Limited. He's got a question for us. Oh, wrong mouse. I've got two mon I've got two laptops going here, guys. It's um, <laughs> sort your stuff out, bro. It's getting all confusing. Let's go to the question. <laughs> G'day Brian, it's Samuel Victor from Pixels Limited here. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Last time I had a blast and hi to all your guests this time. I'm sure it's going to be a great show. Really looking forward to watching it. My question is, in the last uh, 18 months or so, we've seen Nintendo release the NES Mini and the SNES Mini. And of course, Sony does what Nintendo also does. Uh, and they're going to be releasing this Christmas a small mini version of this, the original PlayStation. Uh, great console, loads of great games. But the 20 games that they've announced for being on the mini console are a little confusing to say the least, with some heavy hitters missing, like Tomb Raider, Spyro the Dragon, uh, Wipeout, and Crash Bandicoot, of course. So my question for your panel is, will you be picking up a PlayStation Classic Mini? And if you will, what are the games that you will be hoping that you can hack and add to the console which are missing from the current lineup? Have a great show, guys. Nice one. You got thoughts on your... I don't know. He's Bubsy. Bubsy 3D. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bubsy's yeah. going on there for sure. Bubsy 3D is a console seller. I've proved yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I don't know. I don't think I'll be picking one up myself just because nah. I, I had a look at the roster and he, he does have a point. There's a lot of games on there that should be on there that aren't on there. I mean, I can understand why the likes of Spyro and Crash Bandicoot aren't, the, aren't on there because they've I just remastered that, those. No, but... I don't buy into that. That should be more of a reason to have that on the console because those people who bought the remastered version might want to go back that's and true, have a look to true. see how it originally looked and played. Um, but I don't know. I feel like they've just... They're just doing it to appeal to the masses and not to the... Um... Symphony of the Night. Someone's got to say it. Symphony of the Night. Why isn't that on that list? It, that's F like Final a... Fantasy VIII's not even on, on it, is there? I'm pretty sure it's not. No, they did seven. Yeah, it's like eight was good, nine was good. And there's tons of games on there that... Sh I'd put nine over Wild eight. Wild Nine, that was a favourite game of mine. Yeah. That's not even on there. Destruction Derby's on there, though, isn't it? I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. I know. It, it is such an unmemorable list that they've got that I've just really not followed it because as soon as I saw the list that they'll come up with, yeah. is this bringing a bigger question? Is Nintendo a company that's just got more big hits behind them than Sony have, um, or, or Sony PlayStation has? Is that what the problem is, or is it just that... the problem? Is it's a poor list? I mean, that's a, I think that's another discussion. They, they maybe Nintendo do, but. It's just such a poor list. I mean, we've already spoke about some missing off Crash Bandicoot, Spyro. Yeah, they might have remastered it, but I get your point, Brian, that it's called the PlayStation Classic. It's meant to um, celebrate an anniversary of PlayStation. And to me, it just seems like a, a bit of a cash grab and a bit of a half-assed cash grab at that. Whereas games like Tomb Raider, why is that not on there? It's Lara Croft is one of the PlayStation mascots. When you think of PlayStation, that is one of the first names that will come up. It isn't on the PlayStation Classic. To me, it's inexcusable. Which is kind of odd that Tomb Raider is associated with PlayStation, because it was on Saturn as well. Yeah, it was. <laughs> That's kind of odd. Um, and the Saturn version holds up all right, considering what it was up against. Um, but uh, this, I've still got to check to see if Destruction Derby was on there. But there is a ton of other games. I think it was. It was? Yeah, yeah I think it was. But Wipeout. Wipeout should have been on yeah, there. Yeah, Wipeout There's, was another one. For me, that was one game that made me uh, look at the PlayStation and stand up and think, okay, these guys are serious. This this console is not just for kids. This is a a game that's coming out with a proper soundtrack by you know with artists like uh, Prodigy. Maybe that's what they're using as an excuse for it not being. Uh, have, having those games on there, like they said that Gran Turismo there was licensing issues. I don't buy into that though because they got the, those games are being sold on the PSN network now, so it couldn't be that hard of, of an issue for them to work past if they're still selling it on their PSN shop. Uh, it, there must be some way that they could have got that past over the, over the line. And that's another argument. I don't know why people just don't go on the PSN shop and just download the games they actually want in in HD. We, we Maybe had, in we had, a, so I don't know. we had a PlayStation Classic. It was called the the, the Vita TV. The, oh, yeah. That that thing was perfect. It was um, everything that this console could do, but better. Um, and the interface. Have you seen the interface for this PlayStation Mini or Classic? It's it's shocking. It's terrible. I mean, the Nintendo one isn't all that great, but at least it's they're putting a bit of an effort in there. But it's just, it looks like a really bad PlayStation, um, original PlayStation, um, yeah. And when, you, when you buy Mega Drive classic games and stuff like that, they've got like border options and they've got scanline options and all of that. None of this is on there. They could have easily done that. Give, get, give a scanline option, just a, you know, a filter, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you no know, filters. 
Um, the, you know, nine of the 20 games are 50 hertz and not 60 hertz. They're using the PAL version, which is okay by me because I'm used to the crap frame rate. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was another thing. These are the European releases, the PAL ones, so they're slower. Um, yeah, cool. they won't give us the box art. They'll be lazy with that, but, you know, they'll give us the versions. <laughs> it's a really hard fast job, in my opinion. So, Joe, will you be buying one? Um... I may have been interested if it had more two-player games on there. You know, games like Overboard. You know, the unsung heroes of that console. Um, the thing is, what uh, drives me more to the N64 Mini is if it's got the four-player on it, because that would bring, you know, people in the front room playing the games again. But I really wanted games, like you said, Symphony of the Night, because they're like £80 over here, and that's going to be, you know, the price of a console. Games like Tombi, or was it two Tomba um, oh, in the Tomba, States, yes, maybe? Clonoa is another one I've seen. It's expensive. Mm, yeah, that's another one, like £100, I think you're paying for that over here. And there's a lot of great games for the, um, for the PlayStation, but they've just gone for all the, um, the greatest hits, but... The popular ones, if you know what I mean. I think if you, you know, if you look at it and you think it's got Resident Evil on it, it's got uh, Metal Gear Solid on it, it's got Final Fantasy VII. In people's eyes, they're the top three games on that system. And but at the same time, they are pretty much one-player games as well. And it doesn't interest in me anyway because I've got all the games pretty much for the original. So I'm going to stick with the my. Uh, PS1 Mini, which is the uh, Enjoy Pack, Sorry, can you hold and it's got over a total of 59 games on it. Can you hold that up again? Because it, did, it didn't come out clear. What is that? <laughs> it was like Nargos for about a tenner. <laughs> I remember. Do you have a video about that at all? Uh, I've not done one yet, but it actually had the actual discs in it, a cardboard. They play like vinyls, don't they? Or something. <laughs> well, all that it does, they don't actually play. They've just got little buttons. So the big disc will push down one button and it play the game. And the so middle disc. This looks so hokey. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it deserves a video, matey. <laughs> Look at the controllers. They're just like the as a niche in the before. And that's something we haven't discussed, um, even though you're bringing up this sideshow freak thing going on here. Um, the controller is not uh, the DualShock. But and that was the standard PlayStation controller. I know mm. that, but they, since they released the original PlayStation, they enhanced it with a proper controller, and which is one that became the standard after that. That's true. And yeah. like, you show kids now the, the original PlayStation controller, they look at it and go, where's the analog sticks? They what don't the understand the fact that originally it the PlayStation that. didn't have that. Yeah. It was a glorified Super Nintendo that happened to have... Apescape would have been a good game on there, but with, without the analog controller, Apescape doesn't exist. Well, that was so, the pioneer for that game, wasn't it? It came yeah, out with yeah. the DualShock. It's like, here's the DualShock and here's a game that goes with it. So, yes. Yeah. Ah, dear. All right, well, uh, I think it's not getting a lot of votes here. No. Um, and I think we'll just move on. But uh, thanks <laughs> for the question there. Um, we are going to now... Oops. Did it again. Wrong. Wrong. Um, okay. So we have got a question here from Flim Flam. I can't remember his name, but um, the interesting thing about this question is he's recorded this on a 2DS. <laughs> Get ready. 
hello, this is Liam from Flame Farm Studios and sorry for the lag, but here's my question. You know about PlayStation leaving the E3 2019 event, right, I think it was two weeks ago or last week. Would you say there's something suspicious going on from the gaming uh, world, especially about the fact that Xbox decided to leave the uh, EGX uh, event that's happened uh, last month? Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Well, Morg are taking over. That's the only suspicious thing that's happening. Morg are saying. taking over. There's no doubt. <laughs> but on the whole thing, I just think yeah, it's just following the trend that a lot of a lot of companies are doing now, which is they'd rather control their own thing rather than go to E3s and things like that. I think in in Sony's case, they're uh, heavily rumoured, if not almost confirmed, from the really strong rumours they're developing the PS5 or the net whatever the next console is going to be called, and uh, they don't have a lot to. I think they actually made a statement that they don't have a lot to show right now at all. So um, it would be a disappointing E3. Um, you know, to not be able to show anything. So it just makes sense. I mean, I don't know how much these things cost, but I'm sure they're saving a lot of money by not going. And uh, if they don't have anything to show, it just makes sense. It's like Nintendo now with their Nintendo Directs, they just do it online and they save a lot of money, just do it for YouTube. So, I think, I think yeah, it's right. money saved. I think there's two aspects to this. You've got, um, you've got Nintendo, for example, who have set the, the bar for this by pulling out of these events and having full control over their direct because they realized that and this is one of the rare occasions where nintendo have actually been kind of at the forefront of, of, of um, how to handle um, announcements etc usually nintendo are not usually that savvy when it comes to the modern uh, environment when it comes to marketing but they have created their nintendo directs and they get like i said full control of how that plays out there's no they've had experiences in the past with E3 where it's gone like a train wreck and it's gone wrong um, yeah, Wii Music is the best <laughs> example um, and, and also Sky, Skyward Sword was it or yeah. no where he tried to show off the controls and, and Miyamoto couldn't get it to work um, so there's that aspect they, don't, they want full control of their own environment um, but I don't think that's totally about what it's about, I think they're um, uh, they're planning for the next generation. You've got Xbox with Scarlet, uh, which is the next Xbox coming out. They're buying up companies left, right, and center. Um, they, they are probably going to... You're going to see Xbox One come down to a, a bit of a halt now or the big announcements, and it's all going to be about the next console. I think we are at the beginning of the next console generation when it comes to uh, prepping. They're just keeping quiet because they've got nothing to announce now, I don't think, for the current generation. So I think you're right there, Sorex. Um, Joe, do you have a take on this? Unless they're making their own, you know, like just yeah. like a Sony or Xbox own thing, because that would sort of make sense. With E3 um, and the EGX, I've been to EGX a few times, but they don't have them stand-up things, you know, where they're on the stage talking about the game. At EGX, it's literally just walking around playing the new games. So if you ever go to EGX, I always recommend to go for one day. Because if you go for the full three days, you're not going to see talks and stuff like that. You're just walking about playing new games. And I would love to go to E3 just to sit there and watch or whatever, but... I think I watched the conference about that new, um, is it Diablo game? When they were asking them questions and that was they basically just oh, bombed yeah. them. 
I, I'm kind of sick this in this way. I like I like watching the E3 fails. <laughs> it's just it's kind of half the reason why I watch E3 is to see what's going to be the the fail for this current year. And it doesn't need to be. You do feel sorry for, like, for example, there was Independence got, that got up and, and started talking about their game. And he, I think it was a, a lady, she stopped her in the middle of a sentence. She said, sorry, I, I really am nervous. And she just was honest and told people on the stage that she's nervous and never done anything like this before. And it kind of made made everyone think, you know, uh, feel pity for her and, and want to listen to her more. So it, it, it's a hard thing to do, getting up in front of people. I've, I've never really done it often, and I'm, not, I'm hopeless in, in front of a crowd of 50 people. I'd rather stand here in front of a camera in my room than get up in front of a st- on a stage. I couldn't do it. <laughs> um, but I think to answer the question, no, I don't think there's anything really sinister or anything going on. I think this is just all strategy and tactics going on. Uh, it's about what they've got under their belt, what cards they've got to show. And Sony are pretty much just, uh, I think, admitting by not admitting it that they don't really have anything to show at this point in time. I'm frightened, though. Well, not frightened, but a bit concerned. I think E3 will die out eventually um, because I think more and more people are, like Nintendo, just doing their own thing and taking their own control, which is a shame because, as you say, there's lots of funny E3 memories. But even the, the, joking, the joking aside, it's, it's nice to have all of the competitors in the same room. It's like when you have boxers and they do their uh, their fighting talk and they're in the same room with each other. It'd be different. Well, it won't be as good if they're in completely separate locations and they're talking to each other. You know, I love that competition where where they're in the same room, which will be lost with with E three gone. I hope it doesn't, but I, I fear that it'll be gone soon. Yeah, some of the best stories uh, in video game culture have come from not just E three but before that CES. Um, uh, Atari uh, yelling at Nintendo because Nintendo gave uh, the rights to Donkey Kong without them realizing it uh, to Coleco and or, or someone else, um, and then they blew up in the middle of the floor for everyone to see. That's gold. You can't you can't you can't buy that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that's just a, uh, an experience that we probably won't get because it's become more structured. It's become more corporate like. And it, it's it's a shame that um, it's lost its cowboyness, uh, the industry. Um, and yeah, I think that's just something we've got to get used to. I'm going to move on to the next question. Okay, so this is from Chris uh, from Grumpy Retro Gamers, and a big congratulations to Grumpy Retro Gamers. They hit a thousand subscribers. So um, this is Chris from Grumpy. Hey, what's up, Brian? It's Chris from GRG. I got a question for you and your mates on the show. If you had to choose, would you rather play nothing but Atari's E.T. for the rest of your life or get your head panned in every second Friday outside a pub in a car park by a group of nine thugs? Which one is it? Got to choose one. Unlucky, mate. I'd go with getting my head kicked in, to be I'd prefer to kick in because at least I'm in with a chance. Oh, E.T. is ha- Has anyone here played E.T. Um, on the Atari 2600? I don't need to play it. Yeah, I got it recently just because you, you just have to buy it. For a games collector, you just have to buy it. <laughs> and uh, you do. You just you just have to you have to own it, don't you? It's just one of them, one of them games you just have to own, I think. And I don't think it's bad as people say. It's awful, but it's not as... I, I think I've probably played worse games. Oh, so no, I'll probably play some life, but I would hate both to answer your question. Um, so I do have a story behind this, and I, I 
don't blame the programmer, I blame the corporation at the time. Atari were just greedy and I don't know what they were thinking when they bought into this. So they paid millions to get the rights to uh, the ET license and it was calculated later that in order to make a profit they would have had to have sold more copies of the game than Atari consoles that existed at the time. It was never going to be a profitable venture. Uh, it was just ludicrous from the start. And I was, um, I played it much later. I didn't play it in 82, probably 86 or 7. And I didn't know anything about the console crash or anything like that. We were totally oblivious to all that. And um, I was at a mate's place. We were going through a whole stack of Atari 2600 games that he had. And most of the games were playable. Most of them were fun. But I came across... ET and I remember seeing it in its shiny silver packaging thinking oh this looks good so plugged it in started to play it didn't know what I was doing falling in pits getting out of pit falling in another pit getting there was no sort of explanation as to what was going on yes you did have to read the manual but if a game requires you to have to read the instruction manual to get any kind of enjoyment out of it then the game it's broken and I ripped that game out of the console and flung it. This is in my mate's place. It's not even my copy. Flung it across the room, smashed into bits across the room, hit the wall. And he just looked at me, what the hell did you do that for? And I said, mate, I've just done you a favor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never played it, but I mean, I've seen enough videos on it to know that it's just... Oh, it's not... Okay, so I know that there's a terrible. lot of things that... Um, that go around on YouTube because it's cool to do and it, it, you know people um, bagging out this game or that game but that, that is a game that is definitely in, entitled or worthy of its of its um, title being an it's atrocious up there with game Bubsy it's up there with Bubsy Bubsy 3D is yeah <laughs> that should sell well, on sorry the sorry game I've ever played Bubsy 3D you need to play E.T. for the PS1 that is equally just as bad as E.T. for the PS1 Yes, uh, yeah, it was a rare. It is really bad. <laughs> Someone touched ET license again, did they? Yeah, it was on, and there was, as Joe was saying, there was another game on PS1 and I've got this awful. It might even be, I don't know if it's worse than the Atari one, it's really bad. I, I would say it is. <laughs> We're talking ET, they made another game, did they? Or... Yeah, I think it was just called ET the Extraterrestrial, wasn't it, on PS1? What? Yeah. What? Mm -hmm. Why would you even touch After that? After one failed venture, why would you... Every you know, time you got a power-up, it made like some furry noise, you go... <laughs> <laughs> oh I would like to see, as a challenge, someone out there create an, an ET game that actually is fun to play. That would... I think it can, it's doable. I think it can do it. I don't know if you'd want to buy the license. You'd be served with a cease and desist real quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it'd be interesting. Maybe, I don't know... First person shooter or something. E.T. <laughs> e wow. Uh, anyway, we'll move along. But the answer to your question, I'll I'll I'll, I'll pick the car park. Thank you. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, we have Get to get in. I love that expression. <laughs> <laughs> he, he actually sent me a message later. Panned in means to get your head kicked in. I'm like, yeah, thanks. I got it. <laughs> um, okay. So the next question is from one of my followers. Uh, this is another Brian. We'll put this up now. Questions for your guests. What games have gotten easy for you over time while others have gotten harder? For me, Contra was the one that got easier over time, while Final Fight actually got harder. And I don't know what happens when I play this game constantly. I break it past the first stage at the moment. 
but it is what it is. I say, so let me know what yours is, because I'd love to hear your answers. I'll start with Gravy. It's really hard to, to pick one. I mean, I'm going through my old Mega Drive collection, and I remember being really good and playing through them now. It's just really difficult. <laughs> so, like Comic Zone was the one I went back to, and I know it's a difficult game anyway, and you only get one life and stuff, but I used to be a lot better years ago. I mean, talking like when I was three or four, or even younger. <laughs> I was better then than I am now. So, yeah, it's really hard to, to pick one. You know, I, I haven't really got one. I don't know about anyone else. Me, I mean... I'd have to say Call of Duty. I know it's a it's a later generation sort of game, but I used to absolutely destroy when I was younger playing Call of Duty. And I go back and play it now, and I just get absolutely you dominated. Get, you can't enter this conversation. You're not even old yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. Like it's it's not an older game, but yeah, it's just I don't know. I just um, I can't do it. For me, Super Mario World on Super Nintendo, uh, I used to blitz it. I, I've actually finished that game, maxed it out, back when I was working at Sega, actually, ironically enough. Um, and I've gone back to it later, and I just found it is super sensitive in some areas. you got to be really precise with the jumping on platforms, etc. And I, I don't know, just can't do it as easily as I used to. So, um, And there's quite a few games like this. That come to mind. Uh, wouldn't say Sonic. Sonic's not that hard. Sonic's you, you just go fast, you hit something. Fast. I think with <laughs> with Sonic, with Sonic, with Sonic Two, with on where the water comes up, uh, I struggle on that. <laughs> There's one section where someone posted on Twitter uh, in Sonic. I think it was Sonic Two. There's a part where you got to go up in the water, and he was saying. That, I think that's a bit. <laughs> he, yeah, and he said, this is the first time I've got to the top with my shield intact, ever. <laughs> so the, there are hard parts in Sonic 2, um, but I don't think it's as hard as Super Mario World. I think it's got the difficulty quite right. It's that if you want to replay it and do the special stages and stuff, that's a challenge. But the normal levels are, are quite, you can get through them. So it's got replay value in that way. I think it's got the balance quite well with the special stages. So I think the answer is yes. Games do get harder as you get older. <laughs> it's just cool drive, driver as well. Driver. That one. I'm gonna say R Type is a game that I used to play when I was younger that I'd be able to beat. But now if I go back and play, I can't even make it past like the first few stages without getting killed. Ghouls and Ghosts is one. Um, yeah, I played that. And especially Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Uh, I actually did that as a challenge when I first started doing my YouTube channel. Um, and I didn't have a second controller to trigger off the level select, so I had to do it from the start every time. Thank God, though, that the Super Nintendo Mini came out because <laughs> it's just because that's part of that um, series. Um, yeah, having a save feature, and I think it comes back to that a lot of these games they were hard, and you fought I think a little bit extra harder to get through them because they didn't have save points. You, could, you didn't have battery backup on most of these games. So you had to play them every time from scratch. And I think, I'm not trying to sound like you know grump, uh, an older gamer, get off my lawn type person here, but I think a lot of gamers are spoilt with battery save and also more save, more save points. They don't have to make it to the end of the level for it saves to that point. Even the auto save. Sorry? Even the auto save, just like, oh, we're going to save now. Yeah, yeah, you don't it. even have to save now. It just automatically does it for you. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, we'll move along. Uh, I've got two more questions to go. One of the questions is not really a question. Um, <laughs> Alright, so this is from Foster's Family uh, Gaming Channel. Alright, Mark here from the Foster's Games Reviews. Cheers, Brian. Thank you so much for allowing me to do this. Now, my question is... Hmm. You're having a party. Got a load of friends around. Your prized possessions all on display. At the end of the night, everybody leaves, goes home. You wake up the next morning and one of your prized, most expensive games is missing. Who do you blame? Who do you point the finger at and what would you do? That's my question. <laughs> well, what would you do? <laughs> Has anyone had... I think that's probably not a fair thing to say what who would you blame because uh you might get sued online here for pointing out people but um well for me it'll be gaming muso just straight off the bat <laughs> just... <laughs> i locked him in a cupboard recently for one of my videos and he hasn't forgiven me since so <laughs> i gave him wife like, he could still comment and like my video i gave him that privilege but, uh, he I hasn't had, forgiven me for... i had actually touched on this in the past i had um Top Hat Gaming Man here, uh, and one of the videos we did was gaming regrets, and one of the topics came up was about people stealing um, games in your collection, and I have had people steal, um, it was Golden Axe on the Mega Drive, man that was such a big loss at that time because it was such a big game. I still haven't got the, uh, the cartridge back or the cover, I still, that's gone, and they stole Alex Kid. Um, in Enchanted Alex Castle. Alex Kid in Enchanted Castle. They stole those two items. And then since then I've been very careful of who I let in. I actually had the Frisk Top Hat Gaming Man. He accused me of not, of it not being because I was suspicious of him stealing anything. He thought it was for pervier reasons. Um, but uh, <laughs> who, who would, what would... What precautions would you take, I guess? Would you trust people to just go... Do you get a little bit... You know, anxious when people are around your collection, a bit protective. Not really. I mean, it's just it's you, you just trust the company. With. I've had I've lent games out in the past and they've not returned. Them. I still haven't gotten them back from years ago. But that's just that's just who you hang out you with. Name just... anyone here? No, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, well, Xbox actually tried to ban the secondhand games thing, didn't they? Like you couldn't actually use it in another system, so that would prevent that sort of thing happening. Oh, yes, yeah, that would be a, a, a real success. That went down well, didn't it? <laughs> well, that's how they could market it. I just thought of this. It's just come to my mind. They could market it. No one can steal your games because no one else can play them. <laughs> uh, Joe, have you ever had anyone steal any any of your prized possessions? I've not had anything stolen, but there was a time when they used to have a lot of mates around that used to bring their own control pads, and they would take my nice, crisp, brand new ones home and leave their broken <laughs> um, cheesy cats, puff the mad cats yeah. generic controller behind yeah yeah it's like that annoys me but i've had i've not had anything stolen yet but <laughs> uh, like i said i have had a couple things stolen and it, it, it really i didn't know the guy actually he was he was invited into my room um because he was a friend of a friend and I thought, well, if he's fr his friend, I can trust him. Uh, and it was like two days later that I realized something's not right. And I went through my collection and I was so livid because that was back in my 
mega pro Sega fanboy era and yeah to have someone steal any of my stuff back then not on totally not on alright last question that's not a question this is from Cam Holmes uh, for those of you who don't know Cam Holmes is the guy that uh, created the outro music for Synth Spacey so it's, it's not so much a question as it is more of a musical rant. Here we go. <laughs> Why is there a piranha plant in the next Super Smash Brothers game? It's driving me insane. It's driving me insane. Why is there a piranha plant in the next Super Smash Brothers game? It's driving me insane. It's driving me insane. Why is there a piranha plant? Nobody asked for it. Nobody asked for it. I'm tired of this shit. Why is there a piranha plant? Nobody asked for it. Nobody asked for it. I'm tired of this shit. Um, so I think his question that's not a question that is a question um, what, what do you guys think of the Super Smash Brothers announcement of Piranha is it Piranha Pete is that his actual name it's, so it's a Piranha Plant and then there's uh, Pete the Petey the Piranha which is like a boss of, he's like the leader of the plants but this one is a, just a Piranha Plant right so he's a generic nameless Piranha Plant who's got his own yeah. amiibo has got his own fighter wow um you're, you're the biggest smash head, although I did beat you in that last video. Uh, I'll let you in. I'll let you in. <laughs> no, that, there was definitely effort there, and it was piss poor. But I, I don't know. I just <laughs> I feel like there's so many other characters that they could have included um, in the new Super Smash Brothers, other than you know using the Piranha Plant. Like, there's a lot more memorable characters other than the Piranha Plant Name that they one. could have included. Name the one. Little the Cooper things. I mean, they could have included one of those instead. Hammer of, Brothers. Yeah. Mm. Like, um, uh, is Waluigi in it? I don't think he's in it. No. Um, Waluigi's another character that they could have included rather everyone's, than the Piranha Plant. There was a petition. There was a group of guys that went to PAX in Australia and Melbourne dressed up as Waluigi protesting. It actually made media. Um, they were protesting against Waluigi not being included uh, in Super know. Smash Bros. <laughs> it just, I don't know. I mean, I, I can sort of see why they've done it, but at the same token, like, they, I don't know. There's a lot of other better characters that they could have included. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'm against it. <laughs> um, Sorex, you into Super Smash yourself? Or? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't that surprised. I wasn't as shocked as some other people were. So when you see the uh, the announcements, or not the announcements, the reaction videos. I know reaction videos, they're sort of made to overreact just to create an audience, sorry. That's what they do. And um, I don't know, I just, I, didn't, I wasn't that surprised. I mean, they've got Mr. Game & Watch, the Game & Watch animation guy. He's in it. You've got Pac-Man, you've got Rob the Robot, you've got um, the Wii Fit trainer. Boy and girl. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Piranha Plot. So I don't know why... Everyone seemed to be really shocked about this, and I wasn't that bothered. <laughs> I think it's just a group of guys online that didn't get what they wanted, didn't get their way, so they're just having a bit of a rant. Sorry, Cameron, but yeah, having a bit of a hissy hissy fit. Get over it. Enjoy the plan. 
<laughs> it wasn't just him. Everyone, everyone went crazy. Yeah, I know, I know. And I know Ronaluigi isn't, is it? Isn't in it, which is a bit of a, a shock considering you know you've got Mario, Luigi, Wario. Why not Waluigi? I, I think they because it created so much internet hysteria. I think they're playing on it. And if if he won't be in the, he might not be in the next one just to keep the hysteria going, just for a laugh, because that Sakurai guy seems to be a bit of a character. He's a bit a bit of a troll on the on the internet. So he might. Uh... I would have loved to have seen uh, Benja Kazooie got announced. I think that that's what mm. uh, a lot of people are crying out for. I would rather see Benja Kazooie get in before Waluigi. Um, yeah, that's no. why he's like a, a pinnacle uh, part of the N64 yeah. library. Um, even Conker. Oh my god, Conker would be awesome. <laughs> You guys aren't passionate about Super Smash, I think, though. No, not really. You should be. Oh, I am. But you just don't have an opinion on this. No, not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> just bring it on. It's... <laughs> or maybe a pixelated Mario. Uh, that would have been a cool... I would, eight, eight... I would like to see Plock. I want to see Plock in it. Plock? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. No character should be too obscure. And most people would be like, what the f*** is Plock? Like... Do you know Plock? Nah. Uh, Alright, I'll explain it. So Plock was Rayman before Rayman, basically. Yeah, he, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. so he's got detachable limbs, and right. they, they, the art design is very similar to Yoshi Island, and it was considered very, very close at one stage to being the, the Yoshi Island. But uh, they decided at the last minute to not follow up on that game and they pulled the plug on that deal and then Yoshi Island magically appeared afterwards so maybe they got, I don't know, inspired by Plock. Um, music mm. in that game is awesome. Have, have anyone, have any of you got it? I love got it. Plock on the Super Nintendo or have you played it? It's funny, the, the developers actually live a couple of miles away from me. Um, it's actually revitalised him on Twitter. The developers of the game has got like a comic, uh, an online comic, but you can actually. It's Plock uh, is still alive and well. <laughs> it would be a, that would be a cool reveal, Plock, and it would be just making people thinking, what? The, who is this character? I uh, think it'd be I better than the fire enough, He's got enough legs uh, to yeah. to carry uh, his own character reveal on that system. I've got. My dad picked up uh, a, a bag full of Super Nintendo games from a local uh, op shop, uh, second-hand store, a charity store, and Plock was one of the games that was in it. And yeah, it's the only criticism I've got for that game, it doesn't have battery save. There's no battery backup. So you have to keep starting from the scratch. It's quite I hate hard. those games. That, that being one of them games where it's harder when you get older. It was, so it gets harder as you get, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Alright guys, well, uh, I think we've come to the end. Uh, thanks very much for being on the Since Spacey show. Um, uh, Joe, what will you be uh, doing in the next few weeks? Have you got any videos that you want to promote or anything that is coming up on your radar? Any events? Um, nothing particularly, but I think it's holiday time for me. Uh, spending time with the missus and Red Dead Redemption 2. Killing things. <laughs> in, in fact, we're holding him up now. He's, he's, he's wanting he's to get. Itching. Yeah, he's itching to get over to his uh, to his game. Uh, so, where can we find you on the interwebs? Uh, just Twitter, basically. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about starting my YouTube back up in the new year. I might do. Um, 
playing stuff like that piece of crap I showed earlier. Um, so you don't actually have a YouTube channel? I've got a YouTube channel, but it is really, really bad. Um, right, it's well, the same as Twitter. Where can handle. we find this really bad YouTube channel then, so we can judge for ourselves? Uh, just putting Retro Joe onto uh, YouTube. I'll put the link down below then. Uh, yeah. Sorex Space. Uh, I got a sneaking suspicion. I know what you're up to for your next couple of videos, but do you mind mind telling us? Uh, yeah. Well, I'll probably do a pickups video um, very soon. Uh, I've picked up a few interesting games on the Game Boy and N64 and the Mega Drive, so I'll probably show them off in another pickups video. Um, yeah, as you as you touched on, there are collaboration videos in the works, okay. including we'll some. We'll leave it at that. Face. Okay. Uh, yeah, including some familiar faces. Some are in this video. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, that will be coming out soon, uh, hopefully. And other than that, yeah, I'll continue on with my Sorak Space reviews, which aren't really reviews, and me taking as much of the Mickey as I can out of games, extracting every little bit of jokes I can out of games, and then putting it into a video. What was the egg? That's what was that what? Chicken, what? Chicken Run? Was that the game that you... No, not Chicken Run. Malt, malt the Chicken was malt my latest chicken? one. You yeah. really did try to milk as many egg... Uh, me, not me, uh, puns. Egg puns. Egg test. Uh, yeah. You, and I, I managed to find one that you didn't find, and I bet you that annoyed you. <laughs> what was that? Oh, I sent it your way. I've forgotten it now, but I did send you oh, a okay. message, and you're like, oh, yeah, that was one I didn't put in. <laughs> If you're new to my reviews, if you haven't seen my channel, um, I think you should always give one video a chance on every channel just to see if you're you're into it. And one of my favourite videos I've done is Sonic and the Secret Rings, which is one of my proudest videos. So if you haven't seen that and you haven't seen Sorex Space, give that a try and, and see if you like it. I think it's quite funny and well done. So give that, give that a go. And not the, uh, the guy game. <laughs> um, I would ask what you're doing, but you're just... You're just a bludger. Yeah, and for those right. of you who don't know what bludger means, uh, a slacker, a lazy guy. Um, so I'll just do whatever you tell me to do. <laughs> he doesn't have a YouTube channel. He's got two followers on Twitter. Guy, I'm going to put the link down below. I'll Give him a couple him of follows, uh, guys. We want to prop this guy up. Before he started on this uh, show, he didn't even have a uh, avatar for his uh, Twitter. So no, I didn't. I didn't. it was just the, the generic egg or whatever it is yeah yeah i said come on man i can't promote your channel like i can't promote you if you've got nothing to promote <laughs> uh and on on since spaces uh i'll be trying to keep a a, a few channels uh, sorry a few videos coming out over the christmas break but over christmas it does get a little bit nutty with um christmas uh, events and whatnot but i will be uh doing a couple videos uh and the next video that i'm working on I got to do 1983, my gaming, uh, what do you call it, uh, gaming since spacey series. So that's going to be about. I'm not going to focus on the gaming crash because it didn't really affect us here in Australia, but it, it, I will touch on it a bit. So that that's the next video coming up in that series. But I've got Sonic uh, and Knuckles coming up on the next Let's Play. So that's going to be an interesting look at that game. I think we will wrap this up. Thanks everyone for watching, and uh, as always, I've, my name's been Brian, and I've been gaming since Spaces. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Since Spaces.